0: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers. Disney won't. Hope Mollinax and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, the Colossus visits a casino. <laughs> Let's try that again. The Colossus visits a casino for some racing that will hopefully bring a big payday to the platform, but the owner's ships may not be so easy to to, to defeat. Hope can't talk today. There will be protagonist plot armor. The Aces finally get to do something, and the return of Swolacious Crumb. We're talking about Vox Vortex 5000 this week. How you doing, Chris? Hi,
2: everybody. Now it am I'm Tri- I'm We are Chris. joined
1: by, he is the host of Star Wars in a Galaxy podcast, a Schmodown super fan, and a wonderful, super amazing person. I love him. He's so great. Welcome to the show, Eli.
3: Hello. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to talk some Vox Vortex. Um, fun little episode we got right here.
1: I'm very excited about this episode—about that, like, you chose this episode, because um, going into this, I, I remembered, like, as the series was r- running, this was my least favorite episode of Resistance, and I was just like, I just—and so when you picked this, I was like, oh my god, you chose this episode, and—
3: I chose I, this episode.
1: And I was so excited that you chose this, because I'm I really— um and and spoilers i actually really enjoyed it this time around like now that i know how the show ends and how the season ends and what happened with the show like i've been really trying to look at season two more in a vacuum than as an overall arc so like in a vacuum this is a great episode and i I really had a really good time watching it this time around but i was just very excited that you chose this
3: (laughs) yeah it's 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 a fun little episode um there i was we were talking earlier um before the recording started and chris was said to me that he liked this re- uh, this episode for a very specific reason, and I agree with that. There are some very specific things in this episode that make it all the more better and all the more interesting as a story.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if someone has
3: never heard of Star Wars in a Galaxy podcast, what is it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Star Wars in a Galaxy is a podcast I started with my best friend, Jacob. Uh, this was shortly before the pandemic, January 2020. Um, And we decided, uh, we're both uh, super um, hardcore fans of Star Wars. We've seen all the movies, of course, and watched all the shows. um, And we uh, have read some of the books and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm getting more and more into the comics these days. Uh, But we decided we're going to go through every visual, um, like, kind of moving picture Star Wars thing. Um, So we started with Knights of the Old Republic. We went down uh, to uh, some of the prequel films, and now we're doing our crazy dive into the Clone Wars and we're just going through all of them. Canon
1: It took us like four years to get through Clone Wars. Like that is the majority yeah. of our podcast.
3: Yes. I understand that you were you did the smart thing and you did one episode per one episode per episode. We are not doing that. We're doing it per arc. Because I think we don't that's
0: want, way smarter.
3: We don't want to do it forever in a day. Um <laughs> but yeah no we're gonna we're gonna put some Fallen Order in there. We're gonna put some Force Unleashed in there um any movie tv or video game uh we're gonna put it in there um and I'm even thinking of doing some fun things like throwing the holiday special in uh just for kicks um but yeah we have hijinks Jacob and I don't agree on a lot of Star Wars things there are movies that I like that he doesn't there are movies that he likes that I don't um we have very uh interesting opinions about some things um and we just have a fun time
1: So what is it that you love about Star Wars Resistance?
3: Um, So a little context here. I didn't actually watch Star Wars Resistance when it was coming out. I, I, don't know, I guess it just didn't, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people saying this about how it just doesn't, uh, didn't appeal to them at first. And um, I immediately scoff back and, and instantly tweet or message them on Instagram and say, go watch Resistance right now because it's incredible. Um, but I was one of those people once upon a time, uh, and um, but I did keep up with um, people's opinions about the episodes because I wanted to keep informed with the fan base and all that kind of stuff. Um, during the quarantine, during the beginning of the pandemic, April, May, I started watching it. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Um, I, But back to what I really like, I guess one of the things I love is the sequel era is an era that I care a lot about, and I like the... You know, other than the movies, we don't get a ton of context into the era. We get a few books, maybe, um, and some comics. But the era is so new, and Resistance is really our grounding and our sense of what getting what the environment of the sequel trilogy era is like. And I feel like we kind of need that, because, you know, the six hours of the sequel trilogy can only do so much.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with that. I. Uh... I think um, one of the biggest criticisms that I have of the sequel era is so much of the world building and the context and the background stuff is not on screen. It's in the novels. Like, that's where you find out, like, how Ben solo fell to the dark side. I'm like, that's stuff that should be on screen. And they, there's no really real explanation of where the First Order came from or why they're there. They're just kind of there and, begs, and Force for It begs the
2: question, why wasn't the story about ben, how Ben Solo fell to the dark side? That would have been a great trilogy.
1: So, like, I absolutely agree with you. I, I feel like um, Resistance is such a good context show because the first season is about how peace breaks down. And then second season is about on the run through the galaxy in War. And so, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask. When I was, when I put out the call for people to be on our show, you chose this episode. I Why did. did you choose Vox Vortex 5000?
3: It's actually something you were just talking about. It was about the world building. What I love about this is, you know, they're going to a casino. They're not going to Canva Bite. They're not going to where all the wealthy people are. They're going to this run down old casino in the middle of in the middle of an asteroid field, uh, nonetheless. Um, and you know, hype has that throwaway line that is not really throwaway if you really think about it. That you know, the, last time he was there, the gravity filters were almost compromised because there are so many people. There is one person there when. I love her there. too. <laughs> yeah, there's one person. There's a war going on people cannot get to entertainment they're like the first order has everything locked down if the grit and context it gives to the era is so unique to me that i feel like hasn't been done a lot in the sequel era and even in resistance itself you're actually
1: oh go ahead chris
3: that one person there too
2: (coughs) did a lot of work because like the first thing i thought is like okay I'm thinking about like you never see a casino with no pe- people in it. It's got to be on hard luck. And then you see this one one old, la- you know, the old lady that's like based on like the old ladies you see at the slot machines in like Las Vegas and stuff. And you got to think, oh, well, she's a local. And you're like local of what? He's in the middle of a so she must be like maybe she's like a maid there, cleans up there or something or probably lives on lives on there. And I was she like,
3: she had to make the effort to go there.
2: Yeah, but there was a, you know, as soon as I started thinking about it, it just sort of started fitting into its own little plausible story. That's what I love about the writing in these Filoni, these felony funny cartoons is it's it's so good, and it's so, like, low-key. It's not hammering anything in, but I found myself, like, going, like, what is that woman doing there? And then it made perfect sense in in a way.
1: And, like, that's actually, like, something I love about resistance that that we've we've talked about on the show before, but, um, on the surface, it seems like this like light, funny slapsticky show. And then you think about it when you actually think about what's happening, the settings, what's being said, it's a really dark show. Like it has this very sinister underbelly and it's, but it's only like, like, I, I always go back to like the brain scraping episode when Kaz is pretending to be a stormtrooper. Um, he has this like comedic reaction of just like, I don't even have my brain scraped. But when you think about it, you're like, oh my God, brain scraping. What the fuck?
3: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: and I think that's why one of the things I love so much about resistance is when you think about it, it's a really deep show, but it's very, it's very light on the surface. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't give it a chance. But yeah. if, if you stick with it, there's a lot here. It's a lot of stuff.
3: Absolutely, I definitely agree. I, um, I've been waiting to share this hot take for a while, and I think both of you will appreciate it. Hot take! Hot take! Hot
1: take! Hot take! Do
3: it! Yeah, um, but I can say this now that, um, at the time of recording this episode, Bad Batch has just ended. Um, I can definitively say, um, and I didn't think this was going to change during Bad Batch, and it didn't, that Star Wars Resistance is my favorite season one of a Star Wars television show, Period. Oh,
2: interesting.
3: (laughs) Yes! Absolutely, no doubt um uh yeah resistance for me like it, and the second season is fantastic as well um but the slow burn of it all you know where this is going you know the first order is about to take over um and doza i love the guy is a bit clueless towards the start i, I-
1: disagree with clueless I, I i think he's in between a rock and a hard place yeah but...
3: yeah he's he's he, he's not doing what you know he should be doing um and it, and you you have to see this constant tug of war between you know the the resistance friendly people on the base you know your casts your yeagers um and your and, and the first order constantly just Tightening their grip. And as Leia says in New Hope, you know, the more they tighten their grip, the more that things are going to slip through their fingers. Um and that's what's incredible to me about that um, first season.
1: I, I would almost agree with you. Uh, Resistance is probably my second favorite first season because of the slow burn. Um, I'm I'm my hot take is. I will argue with anybody that Rebels' first season is the best of the four seasons. I am a. Jacob sucker. will agree
3: with you in two seconds.
1: I I just I think it's an absolute stellar first season, and it's my favorite of the four seasons. I think they do hit a peak with Twilight of the Apprentice, but that first season on Lothal. There is so much. And I'm a little biased because my Grande boyfriend's only in season one. And I'm just like, I'll oh, give him my Grande boyfriend right. always because I want to just like look his little power right. face. And I love him. And just like play with his like little ear thingies. And I just love your, him so much.
2: Your review is in passing the, the Becht, what is it, the Bechtel test?
1: I don't what Shut the fuck <laughs> 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 no it's not because i will lick that man that's he's all teeth and elbows and he can get all up in this um but uh i i agree i love season one of resistance i think it's so strong not resistance well resistance too but rebels i i think they're both so strong and definitely better than i have feelings about bad batch but we're not in that show yet so
2: yeah i'd have to think about i mean are we counting the mandalorian because the mandalorian,
3: mandalorian that. Oh, actually, um, here's I, the other hot take for you. I think The Mandalorian may be my least favorite first of season of all of them. Of any of oh any wow. Star I'm not a high. I'm not very high on the first season of Mandalorian. The second season is fantastic, but the first season didn't do a lot for me.
1: I have to think about that because I usually keep all the um, animation shows together and then separate animation from live action. But if we're talking TV shows um resistance and, and rebels definitely still outweigh mandalorian to me but i would have to really think they Mandalorian. anyway so yeah i would have to really <laughs> yeah. think about mandalorian bad batch and clone wars
3: oh when it all comes down to it they all come down with the guy uh, with the cowboy hat so yeah yeah
1: yeah.
3: Yeah well, yeah yeah
1: well are we ready to get into this episode
3: yeah
1: i'm ready all right <clears throat> The Vox Vortex 5000 is the 30th episode of Star Wars Resistance. It aired on December 1st, 2019, and it was written by Gavin Hignite and directed by Stuart Lee. Some extra information for you. Frankie the Blue, who's a hut. Um, is voiced by John DiMaggio. He is a legendary voice actor known for roles like Jake in Adventure Time, Bender in Futurama, and Manly Dan in Gravity Falls. That one was for you, Chris. Um, he also has done some Star Wars work, too, being the vo- voice of Bosch in Freemaker Adventures. And in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, he was the voice of General Grievous. That's also for you, too, Chris. You're welcome. Uh, I, any chance I can mention your are honey, I will always take care of you. Uh, since Vranky needed to be, to move around a lot in this episode, they personally designed a hover chair to become part of his design. And it has a built in gorg bowl, much like Jabba's throne room aquarium. But instead of eating the little gorg inside, Vranky just drinks the water from the aquarium with his hose. And I was like, I thought he was
2: smoking something. Yeah, I thought he was smoking.
1: Yeah, I was just drinking, because I thought that too. I was like, I was waiting for smoke rings, and I was like, is he just drinking hookah water? (laughs) And then I found this and I was like, oh, that's somehow
3: worse. Mm, We'll get into Frankie and why I love his character so much later, but yeah. Well, Yoda tells us
2: about how he loves his propensity for Gorg juice. Mm,
1: mm, Mmm, Gorg juice. Anyway, Frankie was also originally supposed to wear a hat into design, but it was changed to a Lando-like tiny cake. Cape. Cake? Cake is a lie. A tiny cape. During the design phase, to help distinguish the easygoing Frankie from the other huts, he was given a more friendly face, His he has a turned up nose, and as per the script, he is blue. The race circuit for the Vox Vortex is actually the same layout as a real-world F1 racetrack. And finally, this one made me laugh, Frankie was originally supposed to be named Janky. Please don't ever name a Star Wars character Janky. <laughs> no. Um, and according to Lucasfilm Story Group, Pablo Hidalgo, there is a reason behind his full name. And Pablo Hidalgo said, the idea that he's trying to differentiate himself from the common perception of hubs as criminals is behind the rebranding of why he's Frankie the Blue, rather than Frankie the Hutt. And Hidalgo tells StarWars.com why he chose the word blue, though, that is unknown.
2: Uh Rebranding yourself away from being a criminal by running a casino might not be the best way of uh, doing that.
3: I definitely—it was, it wasn't a grand leap away from where he was. It was just like a few steps. Yeah. I, just a, I have yeah. notes
1: about it, but I definitely have a lot of free maker feelings about this episode. Um, okay, Eli. Here is your complimentary spray bottle. There you go. You just take that. Here you go. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. And so that is for this guy. Oh. Our third podcaster, this this is Yoda. Oh. And if he gets to be a little bit too much, you just spray him like this.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, just like, just like that. Yoda, I'm
3: such a big fan. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Yoda, Yoda's eyes are bad. Is that mom?
1: No, it's mom.
0: not mom. Oh, You hi. go see
1: in your lap, beware. Lap? No. A lap for Yoda? <laughs> uh. No laps. This is a guest. Be nice. Hi, Yoda. Hi. This is Eli. He's our guest this week. Mm. <laughs> you should Ready? know that I always look at the floor when
0: I... <laughs> <laughs> Any <laughs> <guess> here? <again>? <laughs> <laughs> <There>? <laughs> look at the top of Yoda's head, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, but Yeah, Eli's a big fan of yours. Isn't that nice?
0: Every, everybody big fan of Yoda. Almost Everyone's
1: but. bigger than Yoda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho.
1: Do, do you have anything let, you ever let, wanted to say to Yoda life? you ever met him
3: Uh, why didn't you train Leia that would have been such a better idea
0: uh,
1: <laughs> sorry Chris I caught you Le- off guard
0: <laughs> Leia, did, Leia did not like Yoda that much Odd. He, I said Yoda's your friend. She, she said Creepy Yoda is.
1: There's a reason we give you a spray Yoda's bottle. Yoda's not alive. creepy.
0: Yoda's not creepy at all.
1: There's a reason we give you a spray bottle.
3: Could have trained. I'm trying to use it. Just go. Pss, 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 pss. There you go. There, there, there you go. You go. Uh, I, I was doing it before and he wasn't reacting. And I was a little scared.
1: You might be actually the first guest to actually spray Yoda in the face. Do it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yoda's been sprayed in the face many times. Many times.
1: No. Anyway, I have I a question. I don't think you want to hear about that. No, no. Here, you can hit him again. Go ahead.
0: Want to hear about that, you say?
1: No! Hey, Yoda, be quiet for a second. Hit him now, Eli. Hit him now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> This is a fun game. I like this game. Anyway, I have a question for you, my friend. That was a very
0: oh Yoda? Yoda? You call Yoda your friend? You do? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That was a
1: very evil laugh that just came out of me. Slightly scared me a little bit. Anyway, so Yoda, I know that you're in your your yearly moistening right now. How moist are you?
0: Very, very moist.
1: Moist, very moist.
0: Oh, very moist.
1: Moist. Are you, are you moister than a hut right
0: now? Huts, uh, yes. Um, Huts come from dry environment. Yeah, it's hard to stay moist on the outside. Huts very moist on the inside.
1: But Mama the Hut lived yeah. in a swamp, and I know how much you love Mama the Hut.
0: She was a moister Hut, yes.
1: Could mm. you just like like a like a slalom? What's it called? A slalom just slide right over that?
0: Ooh, a slipping slide, yes.
1: Yeah. Until you get stuck in one of her like um, underboob wrinkles. Yes,
0: Mama the Hut very moist. Not as
2: moist as Moisty the Hut, but very uh. moist. <gasps>
1: Ooh, Moisty the Hut. Moisty is the Hut. Yes. Oh. And
2: Moisty the Hut Junior. Yes. Both <laughs> very moist.
1: Also named Stinky. Where is Stinky, by the way, in canon, Anybody? Is he dead?
3: Know. Hey everybody! 2042. It, we uh we are excited to announce that Lucasfilm we are we are releasing Moisty the Hut, Junior, a Star Wars story, in theaters. December Yay! 12, 2042. <laughs> yes.
1: Goodbye. Written by Hope Malamats and directed by Eli. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, Yoda. Well,
0: thank you so much. We'll see all you right.
1: next week.
2: Okay. Bye. He's been getting more and more confused all the time. Although I see the merchandising for Moisty the Hut already,
0: like
2: oh, no. those, like those little, like those little. Uh, they're made out of that gel stuff you know they'll put them in a they'll put them in a little uh capsule and you'll soak them in water and they'll they'll just like bloat up
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> i was thinking of like um
2: moisty the hot bloaty toys
1: when when girls get there, well I shouldn't say girls. When people get their nails done, because anybody can get their nails done, um, they always moisten your cuticles, and then they put you in these like little hand warmers. And I just imagine them like in the shape of like huts, and you just stick it like right up his butt.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that came out of nowhere. I don't know what the heck just happened.
1: You should know that we've our past, one of our past guests has described this as a chaotic experience,
3: so I can't exactly tell what they mean.
1: <laughs> oh but like what about like moisty like pot holders? You just stick it right up there and then they protect your hands from the heat and elements, but the downside is they're too wet, and you drop everything
2: hmm. for the cigar aficionados, you could get moisty the hot humidors. it because they're humid
1: mostly the hot bongs just smoke oh, right on the top yeah. of the head there you go
3: okay not gonna lie when you were talking about the cigar thing I was swallowing a bit of water and I nearly spit <laughs> <stepped> it out <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> that means we're doing our job right <laughs> alright well oh my friends are we ready to get into act one
2: I am yep well, let's go I for one am
1: alright let me take a drink Eli, feel free to laugh at my really stupid jokes. It helps my ego, and I enjoy it. And I won't stop you. Act one. We open with the aces, and they are just so bored. They're so bored. They're like, oh, my God, this war sucks. What do you want to do today? I don't know. Let's beat the shit out of each other. Cool. So, like, Griff and Bo are having, like, pissing contests and just, like, slapping each other around because they're bored. (laughs) I promise you they're not slapping each other around with their dicks though that'd be weird um so hype is just like hey boss dad and captain dad being geeker and doza and he's like guys i have a solution to all of our problems we're bored and you guys need money and i know this like casino owner and he's great guy love him so much super moist love him so much and he can if we go race for him, we'll make some money. And it's great. And Captain Dad is like, you know what? I was living in the upper class until about four months ago. And I don't like not living in the upper class. So let's go. So they fly to the Vox Cluster. And Hype is just like, I grew up here. And this is where I learned to race. And Kaz is like, that's a lot of asteroids. He's like, yeah. You either race or die, Kaz. Race or die. That's why I'm so good. Because I'm hot phase on. And <laughs> and broadcast is like can you do eagle and donald Faison just comes out of the booth he's just like you little shit! i'm never doing eagle again shut up so they get there and they land at vranky the blues casino and vranky hovers his ass out there and he's all just like Hype, welcome missed you you used to make me so much money and hype is like yeah, hi, I'm here. Um, this is the best hotel, everybody. It's so great. We almost, like, made it crash into nothing because it's space. But it was, like, really scary because the casino just started falling through nothing because it's space. And it was really great. This is a happening place. Let's go. And so they get inside. He's just like, welcome. Where the fuck are all the people? Then the casino is completely empty. And there's no one there. And Hype is like, Huh. Hey, Sally's still there. Hey, Sally. And Sally's just like, hi, hi, I'm the maid. And he's like, I've missed you, Sally. You you live your best life. And I just have to note this because it's super duper duper cute. Because, oh, by the way, there's a war going on. That's why the casino is empty. In case you didn't get our context from earlier. Um, but all the staff in the casino are kawaki monkey lizards. And they all have these little tiny hats and bow ties. And they're super cute. And they're all just like, where are the Death. And I'm like, good for you, tiny monkey lizards. And the guards are a bunch of swolacious crumbs, like big old swollacious crumbs. And I love them. So Frankie's just like, I'm so happy to have people here and to have hype back. Here's some treats. Here's some treats. I will only charge you half price for them. Here, eat all the treats. And of course, Kaz is like, I miss being rich and like shoves like a wad of bacon in his mouth. He's just like, oh my God, bacon. And Tora's like, oh my God, bacon. And then they eat all the food during all this. Boss Dad Yeager and Captain Dad Doza get to work and they're just like, hey, Rinky, tell you what, we hear that you have a racing circuit and we would love to test our racers. And Frankie's like, oh, really? Well, let me show you my my racers. They're very, very good. So they all go to the window and there's these like really, really cool racers out there. and They're zipping around and flying around and one crashes into an asteroid. and It's great. And they're all like, oh, shit. So Frankie's like, I'll tell you what, Hype was my best racer, and you took him from me. So how about Hype race? And if you lose this, he comes back and works for me. And if, But if Hype wins, I'm going to give you some money. And if you lose, Hype stays here. And so they're all like, well, we're here anyway. So it's off to the races. And Hype goes outside. He's all like, all right, let's go. And during all this, Niku discovers gambling. End of act one. Oh, excuse me
3: that's an act right there
1: yes it is all right Eli, you are our guest you start what did you think of act one
3: i loved a lot of stuff about act one act one of uh, does a lot of that cool world building that you were talking about um you know i there's that line at the beginning of the last Jedi: i crawled the first order reigns uh you can really see that here nobody's going to casinos like i said before um they they say it in the episode themselves Ever since the war broke out, it's been rather quiet around here. All the rich folk fled to Canto Bite, to which at, po- at which point I asked himself, myself, "How's it going for that Ranky?" I heard about an incident with some fathers and yeah. yeah, and some like I don't even know it might have been distorted, but like I heard something about a code breaker. Yeah, um, that that that's one of the things I love. I also love, by the way, the the the. Okay, here's what I was going to talk about earlier about Branky. Does anybody else think that Branky is trying so hard to be like Jabba but just failing?
1: I I have mixed feelings about Branky. Only okay, so let me answer your question. Um, yes or no. I feel like he's a mix between Jabba but also Grubala the Hutt from Freemakers. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen Freemaker Adventures?
3: I tried to get it. Oh dear. Okay, that happened. Never mind. Uh, sorry. Okay, I, I, I tried to get into Free Maker. I don't think I've seen the full series, now.
1: No, that's fine. It took me about halfway through season one where it, I was just like, oh, okay, I really like this. Um, but Grabala the Hut is, all he wants to do is open his beach resort. That's all he does. He doesn't want to be a, a hut cartel person. He just wants to open a beach resort and, like, retire. And I'm like, yeah. And so, like, Frankie reminds me a lot of Grubala actually, in a lot of ways. And Freemakers was running at the same time as both Rebels and Resistance. So when Resistance was in development, Freemakers was running. So, like, a lot of... I remember talking to, like, several fans during the shows running, and they were like, is it Grabala? Are they bringing Grabala into canon? And, of course, it's Frankie. But, like, I think they did take a lot of nods because he really does remind me, in a lot of ways, of Grabala from Freemakers. And I I do have to think that they took a little bit of... uh, a little nod towards sound because he's very similar in, in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, I don't know, I, for me, and that's very interesting about the whole the thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get back into the Freemakers at some point. Um, but I was just thinking to myself, you know, here's Jabba, who has a, who's a palace on um, on Tatooine and all these bounty hunters, Boba Fett and uh, Bosk and, you know, all these people come in from all across the galaxy. He controls the literal part of the war in the Clone Wars movie. And then here's Frankie in an asteroid field on a mobile spaceship with all monkey lizard for staff. You know, Java has Gamorians. Yeah. big buff. No, Fra- Frank All Java he is has
2: Las lost... Vegas and and, and Atlantic City.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I imagine I was imagining in my head that, that there being like this big hut family function and and Frankie's like, Java, how you been? It's great to see you. And Java's like, I don't know this guy. Yeah. Ah! I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> I'm your second cousin three times removed. Uh, so you're
1: a stranger. Gotcha. Here's my drink. Take it and go get me another one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh my God, we're best buddies. And and Java's like, you are not even worthy of licking my boots.
1: I swear you said boobs, but that works too.
2: <laughs> well, boobs, boobs actually works better than boots. Actually, they really. both work
3: equally well. So you know.
1: Yeah, you lick those, lick those boobs. <laughs> well, what what do you think um, of Ranky Chris? Um,
2: uh, well, I I did not know it was the actor who did Bender, but I immediately wrote down Bender the Hutt. So I was like, I'm gonna call <laughs> him Bender the Hut because yes! his pronunciation is very Bender uh very bender it's like i i looked at him as just as um now why am i um spacing on his name from clone wars oh um oh oh fuck um
1: uh uh
3: Capone, the hut yes, yes. zero. zero zero one yes. of the most annoying characters i've ever had to put up with for three seasons like you zero zero
2: being like just the hot ver- version of truman capote this guy is just like the the hot version of right down to the accent of like kind of an outskirts of new york new jersey type lower level mafia wannabe guy you know hey how's it going you know Like
1: cousin cousin of cousin of Al
2: Capone. Yeah, yeah. It's he's. I mean, he's very. He's very sort of. He's like one of those characters that's very set in our world. You know, he's based off stuff in our world. So it's a it's it's a little like like early on that stuff was a little goofy and now it's been just like absorbed into Star Wars where I don't think twice about it and enjoy it. Um. But yeah, I just I I just thought he was a good like he everything about the whole setup and they and they didn't do it like have his his casino wasn't dirty. It was well kept up and stuff. It was just like you could tell it was smaller and didn't have as many, you know, fancy touches. It was just sort of there, you know, just sort of the 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 bottom level of opulence you could you could afford
3: yeah, and like he doesn't like like Jab Jabba has all of these like that of course financier's working for him and like the the those very scantily clad dancers and all that. Stuff. Where's you know he doesn't have any of that. He's just yeah he I, just, I imagine he might guy, have been on
2: his way to that and screwed up and that's why they gave him the casino in the asteroid field. Yeah, he, he might have been he might have been a fuck up.
3: By um, the way, let's the just cas- okay, go
2: ahead. Oh, the the casino reminded me a lot of the early star wars marvel comics they had a a space casino called the wheel that that was slightly visually more it was bigger it was a larger type of thing but uh had the same sort of like space neon hanging on it as this one
3: did
1: laura you about to say you like
3: oh yeah so i was gonna i was gonna say one of my favorite parts and empire this is gonna be a controversial thing empire is um not one of my probably top five Star Wars movies, but one of my favorite parts of that movie is the asteroid field sequence. And I feel like um, Star Wars just in general should have more asteroid field sequences because they have this spirit of adventure that I don't feel like a lot of things can evoke the same way. And I'm like, wait, so there's racing in an asteroid field. What could be better than that? It's adventure, it's chaos. Um, that's what I love a lot about this episode is it takes... These ideas that we're a bit familiar with, you know, the racing aspects of resistance and then, of course, the asteroid field. And it puts them together in these surprisingly um, interesting ways that makes it feel both familiar and, like, fresh.
1: Just to uh, throw an extra, like, little nod, because I do love this show so much and I've already talked about it already in this episode. The wheel, Chris, is actually the home base of Freemaker Adventures. It takes place on the wheel
2: oh interesting yeah
1: so um they they brought it into um and of course freemakers isn't canon but uh that is where the series starts off is on the wheel so and they did it they did base it on the marvel comic
2: so uh, i'm gonna have to watch it to see if there's any characters from that hanging around in the background or like crimson jack crimson jack the pirate but uh my only other notes were uh this was the, the the smallest one. This is uh, one of the more colorful episodes. You know, it's been like mm-hmm. in this in the second season, they've been out in space and and, you know, the, the ship isn't that isn't that colorful on its own. It was bright and colorful in the first season because they were there was lots of water and outdoors. But this one has a lot more of a like gaudy, bright, you know, neon colors, color palette, which we're not not used to seeing. And, uh, my only other note is I realized, oh my God, they could set up to race anywhere. I never thought about that, that they probably just could p- p- stop anywhere in space, throw the rings out and set up a match. What a great, that's a great premise for a series right there. You know, mm-hmm. I just never realized that, that I never thought of that, that they could just like go from system to system, one step ahead of the first order racing, you know, being sort of like a, a, you know, rogue racing, you know, racing league or something like that.
3: That's a really cool, oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, sorry. No, you go. Uh, And then every four or five episodes, they crash down on the planet and we get to see a new atmosphere or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I I like that idea because, like, then you really could galaxy hop. Like, you could have an episode like, Naboo and have them racing around and then the First Order shows up and they're like, oh, God, Run! And it's almost like when the police shows up at a college party and they're just like, everyone
2: scatter. <laughs> well, those rings flow in atmosphere, too. So they could go to they could always go to new planet. They could go to the planets and so you could have them like finding the most rugged terrain on the planet and like, OK, set up the rings and put up a course, you know. So, yeah,
3: I also like the idea of that in terms of like galaxy building and like kids. At least for me, sometimes the eras feel a little bit distant from each other, but I'd love to see them go from Naboo to Pasana to Boravio to, you know, any of the other worlds that we see just all at once to, to like, really get the feel that this is a connected galaxy a little
2: yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, see how Naboo has progressed in the last, you know, 30 years.
1: I am... sucker because it's my favorite planet of star wars but one of the like the things i really missed in the sequel series was coruscant like i love coruscant it's just it's my favorite planet and i would love to see them like show up to coruscant can you imagine like them having to go down a ship portal like just a thousand levels before they have to like go through like 1313 weave through like things and go up another ship portal for a race, like oh
3: it would
1: would be so good
3: (laughs) i'm not a huge fan of duel of the fates um colin trevor's draft of nine in general but i will say the gritty look of coruscant in that Mm -hmm. was really interesting Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if i would have wanted that in nine but i do know that i would have would like like if that was explored at all of uh, like the, a first order controlled Coruscant, I'm down. I'm
1: down. I always felt like it was just the natural place to go too, because they blew up Prime, which was the government. So the only other place to go would be back to the old government. Like, what's going on there? And yeah, um, there
2: had to be a reason that was the old. It had to be like in some sort of central location or some. There had to be some reason that that Coruscant was the center of the. You know, sort of the center of the galaxy.
1: Well, Chris, according to the star maps, it's a core world.
2: Okay, well, there you go. And all,
1: right, all the driver, all the hyper special. Like, um, it's special, because it's Hope's favorite, and I say so. <laughs> I say so, it's the best planet.
2: <laughs> well, those are all my notes. Um, I got nothing else.
1: I just have to note, I love the little clocky monkey lizards. I think they're so fucking cute. <laughs> I love that they have tiny little hats
2: this is this is totally something that happens too is as uh as as worlds like this exist longer in media characters like them start getting like dumb characters like homer simpson and the simpsons gets dumber as time goes on but like animals and stuff get smarter as time goes on and now the and monkey lizards are like oh they're smart enough to run a hotel but like in the Mandalorian, we're seeing them get cooked up, <laughs> or was it? No, that no, it no, wasn't. It was the uh, Mandalorian. It was. It was the Mandalorian. Was yeah. it first what chapter? It? Yeah. On the okay. Spin. What were they? Were not they cooking up something in in Rogue One too? Um, I
3: don't their don't asses it. as their asses
1: that, as Scara explodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, there <laughs> But was,
1: that's too soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I, wow. I, so it, was a lo- it was a long time ago in a Galaxy Far I, I
1: laugh so I don't cry because it's my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> they all died. <laughs> um, And I... My only other note... Because I never really thought about it and I was thinking back. Has Hype and Doza ever had a one-on-one conversation other than this episode? Where like, where Doza pulled Hype off to the side and they have a conversation.
2: And I'm, I don't I, think... not. Not that we've seen...
1: Really, yeah. I'd be shocked if they didn't. I know, I know. Because it felt so special because I've never I, – I liked that dynamic of, like, you know, the boss being, like, hype, you don't have to do this. Like, you're very important to us. Like, we yeah. need you. And I thought that was a really cool little conversation that they had, but I couldn't ever remember them talking before that point.
2: I mean, um, FaceTime with Doza was probably a pretty hard thing to get because – he probably had a lot of people who had to t- has have to talk to him in the course of the day,
1: and I think that's what I really liked about it too. i like Doza has been kind of and I, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago too that both Doza and Geeker have been very passive this season because they're they're the commanders. they stand on the bridge and they give orders, so they haven't like they've been very passive. So I think one of the things I liked so much about this episode is seeing Doza actively like like um well, what's the word? what's the word um
2: during his job.
1: No, uh, the, the, advocating, advocating is the word I'm trying to, like, actively advocating for his aces and being like, you guys are worth something to me. You are important to me, not just to the classes, but to me, too. And I I liked seeing him so active of, like, being there, being the person who talks to them and also kind of betting their lives. Too. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's a, a, there's a little moral, there's a little moral dilemma in, in there. It's, it's a. Slight moral dilemma because like the 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 aces aren't getting bet without their you know permission. They're not just like hey you know they don't have to go through with it. But yeah,
3: yeah. I was gonna sketchy, say sketchy still. <laughs> uh, was which was, was I gonna go with here? Oh yeah. Um, you talked in the intro about the protagonist plot armor. Yep. In in a way, I almost think it makes this episode more interesting. Because you know that this episode could be called, and I know this is a this is a a controversial word for um, many in the Star Wars fandom, Ooh, but the uh, F word. Yes, but like you know that this is a, a an episode more interested in character development than necessarily inventing the plot. I'm not using the word. Um, I uh, will. It's filler. Yeah, yeah, and episode. and I love this episode. This is one of my five favorite episodes of the show. Anyways. But like the the interesting like, thing is, yeah,
1: Right on my computer. I continue. Sorry. Uh,
3: you know, you know that nobody's gonna die, but you also think that you don't. You know that Frankie's not gonna budge easily. So you know that the rubber has to hit the road at some point, and you you're just wondering how are the, how is this gonna shake out, and how is this going to, um, impact this. I also just had this stray thought, um. You know we, know, we don't see this a lot, but, you know, there are people living on the Colossus. Do you think any of them are like, wait, so to get us a little bit more, uh, a few more credits, you're doing what? You're sacrificing our only defense force. They might I, not even know. Yeah, it might that's not true.
2: Be, it might not be something that people know beyond a certain rank level. <laughs>
3: yeah, because you think if they did, they'd be like, so you're sacrificing our only, you're potentially sacrificing our only defense force In a race where it's rigged against you. Then again, people are hungry.
2: Probably getting hungry. Probably getting sick of eating. uh...
1: Anterace. Yes. Um, Eli, did you have any other notes for Act One?
3: Uh, I don't think so. No.
1: Chris, you good? I'm good. Act two.
2: Act two. Let's do this.
1: We're off to the races. And it's a one-on-one race with Hype versus Frankie's pilot. And it's tense. It's tense. as Hype is just like, phew. And he's just like going through the asteroid field. And he's all like, ha, 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 my face on, bitches. Ha, 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 ha. I'm very impressed with my Donald on just now. Anyway, but Frankie's racer is really good, too. And Hype is like, mm-hmm you're good. I, ha- I will actually be humble for a second and be like, you're almost as good as me. But as they approach the finish line, Hype looks like he's gonna win, but it turns out Vrinky doesn't have a pilot. Uh-uh, no way, because Hype is actually racing a Transformer. Robots in disguise. And the Transformer wins! And it was Optimus Prime the whole time. The, like, two Transformers I know. And the Aces are like, oh well that sucks that's really shitty oh man we're fighting transformers now and hype comes back and he's like what the hell Vrinky? you didn't tell me i was fighting like optimus prime and rinky's like well anything can happen in a race you know that and there and is like i'm not gonna put up with this shit anymore you cheated we're not gonna put up with that and we're just gonna go and take my racers and take hype with us and leave but when they try to leave the salacious crumbs come out and they're like blocking their path and they're just like have their tiny little bow ties on with their big ass bodies and i laughed and kaz is like uh yeah we don't want to mess with them because when we met pirate mom back in season one uh they almost killed me and poe so i'm not gonna go deal with them right now guys this is a very bad day So Captain Dad is like, okay, I will talk to Frankie and I will figure out what I can do so we don't get killed by swillacious crumbs and we don't lose hype because we don't want to give up hype. And hype's like, appreciate it. Don't want to die or get sold to a hut. So as they're doing that, Kaz goes over to find Niku, and Niku's like, I gamble now, everybody! Look at my gambling skills, but this game is very in particular, uh, very peculiar because Kaz, look at this game. Does it not look like the F1 circuit that we just flew outside with a Transformer? And Kaz is like, oh my God, this is the answer. I knew it. You know, my dad used to tell me that video games would rot my brain and never save me, but Niku, <laughs> this video game's gonna save us all. Just, Just keep doing what you're doing. And do you think you can hack into this? And Nika's like, I believe so. This is my best character. I'm willing to play video games and try to figure out the Transformers algorithms, even though they have nothing in common, apparently. So during all this, Frankie and Captain Dad are, like, debating. And Frankie's like, that's a really nice Colossus you have. And Doza's like, jokes on you, motherfucker. It smells like a dead manta ray. And Ricky's like, I don't care. Do you see how slimy I am? And he like takes a gorg out from under his titty and like throws it back in the jar and goes like, What the fuck? Anyway, so then they negotiate. Titty the gorg. Car. Titty gorgs. Yeah. Titty gorgs. Oh my god, I just had the worst image of, you know, tassels.
2: I'm sorry. To t- I'm sorry to tell you, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Hut, but you've got titty gorgs.
1: Titty gorg. Now, I just imagine like stripper tassels, but it's just Gorgs and they're just swinging around. <laughs> Hi Eli, Welcome to the show.
3: <laughs> I'm just watching the show and right? I'm just waiting for everything to unfold. <laughs> oh, we're good. I'm fine. We're good. Let's do this.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's do this. So Teddy Gorgs are now here. And so Captain Dag and, uh, what's, it, what the fuck is his name? Frankie, um, negotiate new terms. If any of the races, it doesn't have to be hype, if any of the aces go up against the droids and win, they get hyped back. But if they lose, Rinky gets that racer in their ship. So Kaz pulls Captain Dad aside and he's like, Doza, Niku, Niku's playing video games and we can win. And Doza's like, that is very sound logic. Let's go with that. <laughs> so Captain Dad is like, we're gonna bet this. And Ygr's like, excuse me? Have you all lost your damn minds? And Doza's like, we got this. I believe in the aces and Niku's playing video games. (laughs) And Neku's like, excuse me, what the fuck? But I guess we're here now. So let's go talk to the aces. And the aces are like, uh, no, no. And Freya's like, uh, you just did not bet all of our lives without our our consent. And Doza's like, I absolutely did. And they're like, well, fuck, we're here now. So it's time for the Vox Vortex 5000 to begin! And that's the title of the episode!
3: Yay!
1: Bum-bum-bum. Bum-bum-bum. <laughs> Bum-bum-bum. Eli, what would you think of that, too?
3: Um, again, a very solid act. Um, I love how you were, specifically like, have, uh, years like, have you all lost your damn minds? And i reminded of the great uh, logical Star Wars character, Spock. Oh, wait, that's not Star Wars. Because nobody uses logic in Star Wars. Um, no, but Chris
1: is a Star Trek fan, so he's totally in your corner right now.
2: Yeah, Spock wouldn't have lasted long in the Star Wars universe. He would have like gone feral or something. <laughs> no,
3: I just I, I just I just love how everybody's like, are you guys defying logic and and everybody said back, we're in Star Wars, that's kind of what we do. Um, Kirk, it, Kirk would it, have
2: slid in there and and thrived. Spock would not know like
3: yeah i I was also just gonna um add back to the whole um uh the niku playing video games subplot um which is a crazy subplot um but it had me thinking about um did you catch the word they used in there let me see if i can um the what have been modified till it's almost impossible to win the algorithms which reminds me of the bad batch arc of the clone wars which has the heavy use of that word algorithms in there. And I'm like, wow, this is such a Star Wars thing to do to make this unbeatable code that can't be beaten except for the power of sheer will in both cases. Um,
1: It's really interesting. um, Because, yeah, you're right. I I didn't make that connection between this and, like, the Bad Batch arc of Clone Wars. That's a
3: really good point. Yeah. So I was just thinking to myself um, about, like, because I, I specifically heard Trench's um voice in my head when he said the album and I just heard him go the algorithm. The algorithm
1: But I, I like that point though because like it, it really is the algorithm versus sure sheer, sheer will. In something like in the Bad Batch arc, um they have Anakin there and Anakin use can use the force and like he's the thing that's outside the algorithm. But here they don't have any force users. So they have to cheat. And like, that's actually one of my favorite parts of Act 3 where Cass is like, I'm not going to wait. And he just drives off course because why fucking not? Why not? Everyone else is cheating. Nobody and else is it's, following it's the his rules. sheer yeah. will. Like, it's yeah. the sheer will of it's, him just being like, well, fuck no this. Sheriff
2: here. Yeah, there's no cop. There's no crime. You
3: know, and here.
1: But that's really interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, I I,
3: I, I was literally I was watching a lot of that. I heard Trench's voice ringing in my head. And I'm like, something's wrong. I don't like Trench's voice ringing in my head. Um. Uh, I, the algorithm cannot be incorrect. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, I also liked. Um. Oh yeah. another phenomenon I was going to talk about, and I want to credit. I feel like it was Andrew from Outer Rim Um. The podcast that came up with this idea of, of Star Wars characters don't know they're in Star Wars. Um. Uh, and hype being so incredibly outraged when. Frankie cheats and he's like dude i'm a hut cheating is in my dna like <laughs> I, and and when Kat at the end is like we're going to cheat and I'm, I'm like finally that's the only way you beat a hut yeah
2: yeah you cheat better than them
3: yeah <laughs> you you cheat better than them that's
2: the that's the real game yeah exactly
3: yeah um i also <laughs> did you catch this one too this is great there's a, when Hype uh, is accosting um, Frankie for cheating, uh, he calls him slimy, and Frankie responds, how dare you call me slimy? I just wrote my notes, how dare you call me slimy, says the hut.
1: I, it's actually funny cuz my notes moist. is I love the ongoing joke that any when any of them touch him they have to like when when uh hype first hugs Frankie, brinky hugs him and when he steps back and see hype like brushing himself off like uh and then in this scene when Doza and Brinky shake on the deal when Reiki moves away, you see Doza look at his hand and just like wipe it on his shirt. <laughs> and I like that. Because it's it's not ever brought up like like you. Like there's no attention brought to it. It's just these little nice background yeah. details. But they're really funny. I just love the look of like know something like, oh I touched it. Oh god let's smear this on the pants. On the pants now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I somehow caught that in the background jokes. So. Um, yeah. Um what were some of your thoughts of Act Two?
2: Well that leads into one of my notes is at first oh, I was like at, at first I thought uh, uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was Doza who called uh Frankie would he just called him hot And I am and, oh. th- and at first I thought is that kind of racist and then or speciesist or something and then I'm like no it's just super condescending it's like aliens coming what in is like, it, though? Bow to me human you know yeah because he's just like hot you know and and he's an ex-imperial so he might be a little snooty about stuff like that on the side you know but i noticed he he never called him by his name he only called him hot and and it was very just like poo patooey and i and i just thought that was a nice nice little touch um the 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 I have my one big note is in in this my thesis note but I'll do my little ones is uh to their benefit Niku never said I'm in with when he was hacking their their but what (laughs) I like is like taking it to the grown-up and going we want to do a computer thing and the grown-up's going like ah that sounds stupid but I don't know computer you know computer you kids can (laughs) hack into mainframe right do it do it just do it oh god that's,
0: that's what whole, I love about
1: like I the, the, the weird. This. That's what I love about like the weird subplot because it's like, and, and I like that Freya pointed out. They're like, you're putting our faith in Niku playing a video game. They're like, yes, we are. And she's like, oh god, really? That's the
3: plan. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> and yeah. Did did anybody else sort of get the feeling that the, that his the his racing droids were basically maybe they got a hold of some old war surplus buzz droids from. The, you know from the old from the old clone wars and and souped them up more into racing vehicles because they had the same sort of head and then they had that same sort of insect way of like landing on top and messing with your you know except they weren't little, but you know it's like they took their software and their basic design of like their head and stuff and just sort of incorporated it into a racer body
1: so you know. i didn't I didn't note this because Chris, I know you don't read the high Republic books and I wasn't sure if Eli had, um, but they actually remind me a lot of Martian Rose ship um, in the star- in the high Republic adventures comics because of the first- no Martian row.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought there was going to be some Roshan Bone going on.
1: Scissors. Wait, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, in the High Republic Adventures comic, Marshawn Rose ship when it attacks a planet is a f- giant fucking spider, and so when I saw that like the legs come out, it really reminded me of that. And of course, Resistance was developed like well before Project Luminous was, um, but it also reminded me in a lot of way of the hyena droids, um, from Clone Wars, the ones yep. that uh like are flat, but when they land, they like kind of bend down and then they have like they kind of wobble back and forth and walk. Yeah.
2: So it, yeah, there it, were a couple of them at the beginning of uh. The uh, episode one, when they first land on the droid ship, just sort of.
1: They were everywhere in Clone
3: Wars too.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
3: There's that line from uh, Randalus. I don't think that's uh, hanging ants. I think it's vultures. But there's there's General Greaves, the ship. It's swarming with vulture droids.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Crawling is the is the word he used actually. I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So my main note is this episode. This is what I've been. This hope. This is what I've been talking about this whole time. This episode is like the prototype episode of what I thought this show was gonna be, and I really would have loved it if it was like this.
1: Just racing every week.
2: Racing and and this and the race having you know, to you could do a plots and b plots and stuff, and you wouldn't have to have a race every week, but there would be a main format of of the you know. The race be and and the and the the pilots being sort of like the the main the the main characters to sort of carry out the mechanics of the pl- plot or or the mechanics of the of the the point of the show or something you know you fit it into that but like yeah I I always thought this show was gonna be at its heart kind of a of a a, a sports show a racing show and I'm not a fan of that sort of stuff but I thought it would have just worked here especially like it was a few episodes back where they had the whole sequence of all the aces scramble into their ships and i was like this would have been like a great beginning sequence at every every time they race you know just show the same stock sequence of them hopping into their ships you know and throwing their helmets on you know
1: i mean i don't blame you because it was promoted as such
2: yeah it definitely was And, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, I don't regret it not being that, but I could have very well, and I would have really, I would have really loved that. It would have been very, uh, it would have been formulaic, but it would have been experimental in the, in the context of star Wars. And it would have been fun and kids eat that shit up. It's like the, you know, it would have put an element of like power Rangers or something to it, you know, of, you know, that, that repetitive, Repetitive sequences and stuff like that uh, they just eat that. Eat they eat that shit up. And, but then,
3: oh, but then you just sprinkle in something different every time. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And
2: you could do you could do side episodes where it's like an adventure on and, you know with Poe somewhere or, or or you know they have to go to. But like, yeah, it would it would have just been it would have been fun. Uh, but then again, I grew up on shows that like used to have the same format every episode, you know? The Dukes of Hazard was one of them, you know? It was the same same thing. See, introductory scene, city guys come in, city guys up to no good, Oh, make it look like the Duke boys are doing something bad, sheriff tries to get the Duke boys, doesn't get them, gets the city guys, ZN, Daisy Duke, hi.
1: No, but I I totally get what you're saying because, like, I I grew up on, like, Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura, and, like, so you had those, like, different... Like, you would have the same, like, transformation sequences, but, like, whenever Sailor Moon had, like, a new transformation sequence, it was just like, ah, a new
2: sequence! <laughs> right, like, right. And, and you it, freaked
1: out because it was so cool. Um, But, yeah, I, I get that.
2: And, uh, yeah, I would... Uh, but this, this, the, the, this episode, like, taken on its own, I, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much, but I, I really like it because this one illustrates exactly... What I thought the series was going to be like, and what I would have what I would have imagined it to be like at at its high point. So, I, I, as I was watching it, I was like, "Yes, this is exactly what I was I was thinking in my head." So, yeah. this one this one gets extra points for me for for tickling my fancy for once.
1: Um, for me, like my big note of this act is, I. You know, like I said, like, coming I mean, when I was watching the show as the show was running, like, I didn't really like this episode. I didn't really get it. But, like, now going through this season with a really, really fine tooth comb, in culmination with the previous episodes that we've seen, this really pushes that idea that they're just scraping by. You know, they had to, like, steal Coaxium from a busted ship. They had to eat a manta ray. J- like, they had to kill this big-ass manta ray just to eat And then they get to Frankie's hotel and they're like, we need money. And they bet like originally at first, the bet was 25,000 credits, which to a ship as big as the Colossus is probably enough to like run their power for a few hours. Maybe. And I, I liked that because it really pushes this idea that they really are scraping by on like hopes, prayers, and just like trying to keep it together with duct tape and bubble gum. And, it, it made me really appreciate this episode more because they're just trying to do whatever they can. And of course, Doza then, you know, negotiates 500,000 credits and they get that later, which is a lot better than 2,500 credits. But still, in a ship as big as the Colossus with that many people to feed and like take care of, how long is 500,000 credits going to last them until they have to go to the next scrapping adventure? Um, and I, like, when I... Th- realize that in that context on top of like stealing the coaxium on top of the manta ray, that's kind of the theme of the season. Like season one was a slow burn. And the theme of season two is survival. Like how it's, do you scrape by in a war? It when you're, when you're not a Jedi, you're not a Sith, you're not high up in You're just Joe Schmo people stuck in the middle of a rock and a hard place right. just trying to live your life.
2: Right, and if, that's what resistance per-
1: is It's just Joe Schmo people trying to get the fuck out of Dodge.
2: In in my perfect world, it would have been a racing show the first season, and then they get driven off the the off planet into space, and then the first two episodes would be them trying to get by, and scraping, you know, just scraping by, and then the third episode would have been this episode, and they go, wait, we got 500, thought we got half a mil on this this one we're definitely, you know, and, and then it would be like, there would be a, there would be a, a sort of the pirates going like, Hey, we could be be doing some organized crime, you know, and, and make it, you know, so, and so like, it would be like scrape by organized crime or race. If you want to, if, if those would be their three options and, and racing would be the most lucrative option. So they would just be like, flipping system to system having you know secret games that that you know run through the scuttlebutt of the circuit you know and maybe there's a spy that's that's in the racing circuit that's trying to to Chris. catch him at their
1: Chris you What just describe that batch what are our choices yeah. Empire, yeah, rebellion, yeah, organized no,
2: crime. Yeah. <laughs> no, the parallel, the parallels between this second season and Bad Batch are like right on the surface, you know. I
1: mean, they—they they, it's run by Jennifer Corbett. She was a Resistance writer. Brad Rao was the producer of Resistance and Rebels. Like it's, it's run uh, it's by also, those
2: two. It's also just sort of uh, it's also it's 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 a bit of the dynamic of the Mandalorian too. It's mm-hmm. sort of uh, yeah. It's sort I of like, baked in to, to, yeah. to working on the outside edges and not being legit, you know, if you're not legit. I'm imagining a
3: flowchart right now. Um, are you light side? No. Are you dark side? No. Crime.
1: <laughs> Crime! <laughs> 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 this is your option. Crime! <laughs> <Right. laughs> You
2: know, and, and it would be Niku who drew up that flow chart. I have drawn up a drawn up a flowchart of our options for blah, blah blah. I I have found that crime is our <laughs> our our, our I best. I wanted
1: to be a pirate a few episodes ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, he got a taste for it. He's he's uh he's 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 been uh he's been Breaking Bad through this whole up ep- season. He's been knocking out stormed, knocking people out. <laughs>
1: like bludgeons him to death in season one like steve bloom's poor little stormtrooper guy like he like bl- almost
3: bludgeons to death steve steve bloom just,
2: just just repeatedly concussed him yeah
1: yep
3: yep, yep, Bene- yep. beneath that calm surface beneath that like uh, you know it's always the ones that are the the least suspicious that always get you uh
2: <laughs> i have been practicing my not <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I I, am a firm. Jacob and I don't agree on that much on any galaxy, but we do agree. We are both firm believers in Darth Jar Jar. Um, yeah! so. Play the music,
0: Chris! You better be playing the music right now!
1: Hope, oh,
3: hope, have- hope, oh, oh, hope, oh, oh,
2: hope. Oh.
1: Eli, we have specific Darth Jar oh, Jar oh. music that every time he's mentioned, we, it's playing right now as we're speaking. Yeah.
3: Right. That's incredible. That That is great. Yes.
1: But what were you saying about Darth Jar Jar as your music is now playing? Because.
3: We have it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, I, I like I like in that, the idea of Nico just being on the outside, um, and, um, and, and and, like, this, um, this clumsy exterior, but on the inside, he's gonna be, he's just like, I will, I will smack people. I will, I will do whatever it takes. This, this is not, this is not the Nico Bozo you want to be dealing with.
1: So, for during when we were recording for Hunt on Solicitor Three, we definitely came up with Darth Buggles.
3: He's yeah, oh just... we've
2: graduated from Darth Jar Jar into Darth Buggles now.
3: Yeah, and now to Darth Niku. Um, yeah, I, I I I think of this is a weird reference to make. Uh, do you know the FL sketch uh Sh- at with Andy Samberg?
1: No, but back. I don't I don't watch us to know.
3: Oh my God, it's hilarious. So so basically the the premise is that it's him and Rihanna and. Um, and when Rihanna's around, he's this shy guy. He's he's like they're they're supposed to be rappers, but he's this shy guy, and he, he he's mumbling, and nobody can hear what he's saying. But then as soon as Rihanna leaves, he he just loses his shy demeanor, and he go he raps like a badass. He's all loud and stuff. But then she comes back to get something, and he and then he goes back to his mumbling exterior. <laughs> and I just imagining Niku just being like when Kaz and Doza are not around, he's like. I'm Niku Bozo. Don't mess with me.
1: <laughs> These are the machinations of my plans. Oh, hi, Kaz. Yes, I have put together the transfer. Okay, bye, Kaz. These my machinations are coming. <laughs> I have to plan them now.
2: I Wait. will swallow them all whole like a gourd.
3: Dice buckles bring me my victims. <laughs> no, I just, now I just doing, I'm just imagining the scene from Revenge of the Sith, but it's Niku and Buggles. Uh, do what must be done, Lord Buggles. Do not hesitate. Show <laughs> no mercy.
1: <laughs> the Lord Buggles. That got me.
2: And <laughs> just <that's> like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, like... Buggles and just like a tiny, like, little cloak. Just like. Like spinning in circles. Just being like. Yes, look Chasing at his work.
2: tail, yeah. Look Chasing at, at his him tail work. just bounds off to. Magnus.
3: Dismember somebody.
1: Well, did we have anything else for Act 2? No. Oh,
3: let me look... Oh, yeah. Um, so this is a fact that I have my, floating around my head that I'm not sure about. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong about this. Is Bo Keeble voiced by... Um, uh, Dave Filoni? Oh. Yes, he is. So this is a, a, a personal uh, thing I love. Uh, whenever Dave gets a character who gets the actual lines, um, because, like, you know, Dave always voices the characters who get, like, a line here, a line there. You know, your Bo your Embos. Um, but I, 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 I love actually getting to hear Dave Filoni voicing people. Like, not just now, screams or anything, but words.
1: Now, uh, uh, Kel- Bo I had to Google this because I had to look up the species because I'm a fake fan. I don't know species. Um, Plo Clune was Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi growing up um and so he um when he he wanted Bo Keeble to be a Keldor just like Plo Koon, and I think he vo- voices both um Plo Koon and Bo Keeble because that's his favorite Star Wars species if I remember if I'm, I'm fucking wrong but I think that's I, right
2: <laughs> I would have made him sound like one of the Keebler elves
1: Actually, I I know he voices Bo Keeble. Now that I think about it, I think Phil Lamar voices
3: Blue Clue. I think it's James Arnold Taylor. I think
1: it is James Arnold Taylor. You are one hundred percent right because the moment you said that, I was like, yes, that is correct. Yeah, that,
3: but I I like the idea because I remember. Do you remember that fat behind the scenes story released a while ago for Mandalorian season two where <laughs> Katie Sackoff Yes,
1: but tell it anyway.
3: Where Katie Sackoff said that. Um, that for the Luke Skywalker scene, uh, Dave told them it was so good, even though he had been dead for, like, 20 years by the time that episode rolled around. Oh, I'm thinking of another
1: story. Um, I, I, I heard about a story where... um. Uh, uh, Dave Filoni was trying to figure out a way to save Plo Kloon after he got shot down and he was sitting with George Lucas and he's like yeah and then Plo gets out of it like he gets shot down but then he gets out of his ship and he's limping away and George Lucas goes yes and then another ship crashes into him
3: (laughs) I I do remember that and and, and Dave's constantly just like yeah so Plo Kloon survives and George Lucas just shoots back but what if he
2: doesn't though don't fuck with me Dave
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> don't don't
2: mess with what we we're yeah, playing. I, 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 I created this universe, I'll I'll take it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then everything in Star Wars and then there is no more Star Wars ever again because Dave funny. <laughs> oh it's like And, Sean and, and Bean then a giant asteroid day. hit
2: hit Star Wars, the end.
1: Well Flo Cloon is is like Sean Bean. Um I, I've I've always wanted to I, I know I've told the story on the show, but it's been a while. I've always wanted to make a short film called Sean Bean Has a Nice Day. And it opens with Sean Bean sitting in his house and he goes and he gets his paper and he's just like, oh, my paper is actually here. The neighbor's dog didn't get it. And he closes the door and like the neighbor's house is on fire. And then he goes to like a grocery store and he doesn't have to wait in line and it's all nice and as he's leaving the grocery store he walks out the door and then it gets robbed by like horrible people and he's just driving home and There's he's like wow there's really no traffic today and like behind him there's like a 50 car pileup and then finally it ends like with him at night just being like that was a really nice day and the shot pulls out and the entire town's on fire and it's called Sean Bean has <laughs> a nice day because he dies in all the movies and that's how I feel like Plo Clune was like if Plo Clune survived the the rest of Star Wars burns
3: has to go yeah yeah I, I'm now just imagining that scene um I remember I don't know if you know from the behind the scenes um documentary of Mandalorian season two when um when John Favreau was uh trying to convince Dave Filoni to put McClunky in the Mandalorian <laughs> and, and and I can just imagine um uh George being there just about a few feet away um and and they being like hey uh george uh john wants to put McClunky and 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 george is like you little shit, i know exactly what you're talking about with your plocoon stuff <laughs> <laughs> now you know how i feel george is like
2: i put McClunky in there before i left it it, it it's huttese for dildo <laughs>
1: Oh, Chris, listeners, oh, listeners, if if you want to hear dildo jokes, just listen to next week's episode.
2: Yeah, we're we we uh, we've been compiling dildo jokes and saving them up for the next episode. Next week's episode, where we meet Dildo the Hut.
1: No, 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 we have the Dildo Wars. Do you remember? I know, I know. The What's Dildo Wars episode. Wow. Cass's curse. Oh. That's <laughs> <Natural laughs>
3: Episode. <laughs>
1: Oh! <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, we so so uh, Chris and I um, did a little recording out of order, and so we've already recorded next week's episode. And I must sm- I must say, it is a Jay guy's. It is still
2: terrific.
1: No, it is a Jay guy's. I will
2: pass out in this ep in the next yeah. episode.
1: It is a classic Jay guy's episode. Me and Chris both lose our damn minds. Yeah, we we both lose our damn minds I, over Cast curse of all episodes. <laughs> definitely listen to next week's guys it's fantastic chris almost I, dies
3: i will have to listen to this because i i remember um watching vox vortex and being like this is great and then um watching cat and the curse and i'm like what is this
1: we lose our damn minds next week's guys it's totally worth yeah. it anyway act
3: three uh yeah trap it up
1: all right, Act x3 yep
2: uh, act Three.
1: It is time, ladies and gentlemen, to start the Vox Vortex title of the episode 5000! Really cool music and shit. Um, so Freya starts the race and she's like, I got this. And she has Niku on her comms to guide her. And you know what? As, as hesitant as she was about Niku playing video games, it seems to be working. And she's doing great. But that's right, because the Transformers don't care, because they're Autobots? Are those Transformers? They're honey badgers. Honey. <laughs> Not what I was going for, but okay. Autobots are Transformers, right? I never watched
3: Transformers. I was never right. Anyway, the so closest the Transformers. I to Transformers is playing Angry Birds Transformers. So. You know. I,
2: I, I, I think the Autobots are the Transformers that are cars, yes, I think.
1: Okay, okay. I think.
2: I don't know nothing about it either.
3: Okay, I just looked it up. Yeah, they're Transformers.
1: Okay, cool. Lesson of the episode. Don't make jokes about things you don't know. Because then this (laughs) happens. Anyway, so it bumps into Freya, and Freya's like, oh, fuck. And it throws her off course, and the Transformer wins. So Bo Keeble's like, all right, guys, I got my cowboy hat. I'm not going to die like Clo Cloon because I'm Dave Filoni. And I'm going to try my luck at this. This is apparently my Dave Filoni voice. I'm and gonna so both- I'm
3: going to at this. I'm going to- I we're going to- Very interesting.
1: It's a very good Dave Filoni impression. <laughs> 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 but he cheats. Oh no. And he sends mines after Bo. And Bo's like, Ah, mines. Oh no. It's like Twitter trolls. But you know what? I'm not on Twitter. So I don't fucking care because I'm Dave Filoni. <laughs> so Griff, Griff gets to try his luck, and you know what? Griff is an ex-imperial, and he does not give a fuck. So he's just like, "Oh, you're gonna run into me!" Crash! And he like slams his ship into the transformer. The transformer's like, "Ow! If I felt pain." But Venky's like, "Oh, are you gonna do that?" So he pulls out some guns and like starts shooting at Griff's ship. And Griff's like, "What the fuck!" So you know what? With three aces, d- four, three four aces down now, Toradoza. Doza. Is ready to rage, and she's still in her teenage hormones, and she's like, "I'm ready, Dad, put me in." And Captain Dad is like, "You know what? I was okay gambling with all of their lives, but you're my daughter. I don't really wanted to gamble with your life because, you know, I love you and shit." But Kat throws himself in there, and he's like, "We'll do a relay race, me and Tora, because we only got like seven minutes left in the episode, and we don't <laughs> both have time to do our own race, so we have to do this separately." And Tora's like, and you know what? We will bet the Colossus. And Doza's like, we all need to slow down for a minute here, kids. But Frankie's like, oh, the Colossus you say? And Doza's like, hold please. And he pulls them off to the side. He's like, what the fuck are you two doing? You can't just bet our home. And Tora's like, don't worry, dad. We're the protagonists. And Doza's <laughs> like, that's a very valid point. Okay, Hut. tell you what. We're going to put the, protagon- the protagonist and the Colossus, but you have to give us 500,000 credits. And Rinky is like, I don't know what a protagonist is because I am the protagonist of my own story. Let's do this. And the deal is on. So they go over to Niku and they're like, Niku, you have to button mash like you've never button mashed before and niku's like i got this so the race begins and it's the final round of the Vox vortex 5000 that's apparently the music now um and so torah begins and she's running it's going great and she's super fast but niku's like oh you need to slow down there's weapons up ahead and she's like what do you mean about weapons and niku's like there's weapons up ahead but oh no the monkey lizards hear them and they're like oh yes Time to do our monkey lizard stuff. And they attack Niku, And so Tori starts getting shot at. And Dozo's like, stops. And he like his eyes get big. And he just slowly turns. And looks at the hut. Just like that with my chair is squeaking. And he's like, I swear to god, hut. If my baby girl dies out there, I will find biggest as vat assault, and I will turn into Liam Neeson and I will hunt you down and salt you if my daughter dies. I swear to God. And, but Tora limps to the finish line so Kaz can start. He's like, I got this. I'm the main character. But oh no, the monkey lizards have Ah! Uh, and so Kaz is like, oh no, I'm losing. What am I going to do? And he just sees the ring, you know, across the open way. And he's like, wait, this guy's cheating. Why the hell am I following the rules? And he veers off course, and Frankie's like, Hey! Hey, he's cheating! And Hype slides over, and he's just like, Hey, Frankie, remember when you were like, Anything can happen in a race, and that's fine? Anything can happen in a race, bitch! Kaz is cheating, just like you. Fuck you. Kaz wins, and Kaz wins! Yay! And he has some fancy flying, and they're all like, Yay! So Frankie, being a hut of his word, brings out literally a slab of money on a thing and just like here's your money and they're all like cool thanks okay bye end of episode the end yay
3: bum bum bum
1: it's, a, yep. it's no cliffhanger.
3: <laughs> it's not a cliffhanger it's just back to the next adventure uh, here's our
1: slab of money let's go
3: it's, like, at the end of, like, many seasons of uh, episodes of The Mandalorian, when they're, like, they complete the adventure. I'm, like, okay, let's see what's going on. And then they jump into hyperspace, and I'm, like, God damn it, not this again. I'm going to have to wait another week to find out where they're going next.
1: hmm So what yeah. did you think of Act 3, Eli?
3: Act 3 was, again, I love all three acts of these. Um, I was going to, oh, yeah, let's talk about the biggest character arc in this episode, my, one of my favorite character arcs in Resistance. No, I'm not talking about Doza. No, I'm not talking about Frankie. I'm not talking about Kaz. I'm talking about Niku. Niku starts out, he's just predicting algorithms. But now, now, like by the end of the episode, he goes from predicting algorithms to literally shutting down cannons. Now, that's an arc right there. He goes, you know, I'm joking. But anyway, I was just, I I just find it funny that they never really explain what exactly Niku's doing. So at the beginning, he's just you know, he's just, pre- he's being a techno Thrawn. Um, yes, but, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and but now he's just like completely controlling the course and nobody like looks over and he's, and asks him, wait, how are you doing that? Cause remember, they're just supposed to be like controlling the video game. They're not supposed to be like, I don't know. It was, it yeah. Was he was for-
2: just saying I could use the game to predict what they're going to do and not to like actually like control them or stuff. If, if that was the case, just turn them off. Just turn them. Yeah, yeah. You know, turn their engines off.
1: Actually, that's really interesting because as you were talking, I realized if this was not an empty casino, if this was a casino full of people, they would have gotten away with it. But the fact that it was empty, the Quacky monkey lizards could hear Niku talking and were were intervening. They could have like made out like bandits on this, probably with Freya on on the first try, and they would have yep. been fine.
3: Yeah, um,
1: that's a really good <laughs> point.
3: Yeah. Um that's that's another thing I was thinking about is just like how does nobody notice Niku just in the back cause Niku I love that they put Niku up to this cause Niku doesn't really have great volume control. So he okay. just maybe talks as loud as he feels like talking.
2: Maybe people are just used to Kwaki and monkey lizards just attacking people randomly and they're just like up oh, they're at it again. <gasps>
3: they're the chihuahuas
1: of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Um, Looking you know at people, Chihuahua actually is, do have more dog attacks than pit bulls because pitties are really sweet puppies, and I love pitties, And chihuahuas are little assholes.
2: True. They, <laughs> All of our chihuahuas. They cackles. should be called wawas because they got chips on their shoulders.
1: All of our our listeners who have chihuahuas are just like, hope oh, you bitch. This is genetically,
2: my chihuahuas also have more in common with rats than dogs than their dog brothers, cousins brother cousins <laughs> yes.
3: Anyway, I, continue, Eli? I, I was also just thinking about this. I was going over this um note and I I, I was think I was thinking about it, and, um and I came up with a funny revelation. So when um the cannons start firing at uh Torah, Doza says to um to Renki, "You said no weapons." And I just looked at my I, I just looked at him and said, "Doza, he used weapons against Griff and Bow. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you forget that? And then I thought, wait, remember what Doza said before? He uses weapons about against Griff and Bow. That's, you know, that's not great, but who really cares? He uses weapons against my daughter. I'm going to give him a piece on my mind.
1: He goes into Molly Weasley with, like, the whole, like, not my daughter, you bitch!
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I, it kind
1: of hit He's me. He's a NIMBY. A what? NIMBY. Oh, what?
2: Not in my backyard.
1: Uh, oh. It took me a second because um the the short form of saying non-binary is envy, and I was like, oh, really confused
2: <laughs> yeah, that is. My like, mind went there, there as, as well, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, Eli on my level. <laughs> that
2: would be a bit of a non sequitur. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was very confused. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I I while we're talking about the uses, I it dawned on me. I was like. Yeager has a, has a ship. Why is Yeager not racing? And then I remembered he was the one going, You guys are out of your damn mind.
3: <laughs> Yeager won't race.
1: Oh, Yeager only races when it's convenient, which is season finales, and that's it.
3: Right. <laughs> it's,
1: it's the only time Yeager pulls out it's a ship. He said that one
3: episode in the middle with his brother when he races early, Oh, such a
1: good episode. He's
3: remembering it. So it's only when the plot demands it.
1: It's like Star Wars. Hyperspace moves at the speed of plot. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, so did you they go though, Apparently,
1: that's true. <laughs> Chris, what were some of your thoughts on uh, Act Three, Chris? Yes. Oh, there you are.
2: Okay. Um, I I generally found this one a little like uh, anticlimactic because you know you know they're gonna win, but uh, um. It's also good to see Niku back in uh, hand-to-hand combat so not only is he the hacker but he's the fighter of the 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 down and dirty fighter you know not the and I wondered about that whole thing of uh of you know no weapons and then the hut starts using weapons but I figured that was just a dirty trick because they agreed upon no weapons before the race so they probably disabled the weapons on all their ships. And then so once he started using, because otherwise, once he started shooting, why not the rest of them? They have they have guns. You know, we've seen him blasting people plenty of times. So, you know, otherwise
1: has killed and she will kill again. Yeah. 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 So
2: as soon as they start shooting at them, you know, all all bets are, are off on that rule. So, you know, they and so I think that was. That was the whole reason that you know, and then once he started shooting, there's no use also in arguing with him because there's no regulatory enforcement agency to um, to to keep everything clean on the game. It's That's what you can get away with. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That actually. Reminds otherwise, me. oh, go
3: ahead.
2: Sorry. Otherwise, they would have just started shooting right at the beginning. Go
3: yeah. ahead, Eli. That actually, I was just thinking about this. Um. Have either of you seen the Lego movie?
1: Yes! I love that Have, movie. Has
3: anybody made the comparison of Tora and Princess Unikitty?
1: <laughs> like,
3: they're not that different.
1: Oh my goodness! Just like, yay, I'm so happy I will murder you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: my god.
3: When when they're floating down the sea and she's just trying not to get angry, but then she just goes full rage mode. That is
1: fantastic. Yes, I like this comparison.
3: And then, like, the premiere episode when Kaz is like, oh, I'm racing a 16-year-old girl. This is going to be easy. And everybody looks at him like, this is not going to go the way you think, Kaz.
1: Yep. (laughs) Um, Something that I really liked about Act 3 is, especially because, like, I always want more races, but having moments where each of the aces... Um, got to actually have a, their little individual moments. Like Freya's very cocky and she's like, I got this and stuff like that. And Bo is just like, oh shit. And then you get to see Griff and he's just like, oh, I'm an ex-Imperial. Let me just crash into you with like no care in the world. And I liked being able to see the different aces in this episode. And like, they didn't get a lot of time to shine, but they did each get their own moment, which I really, really appreciated. Um... And I love the little old lady in the final shot gets to win. She's just like, I did it. <laughs> yeah.
3: I was just thinking about the, your idea about all the um, uh, aces having their moment, and I was thinking about Griff, and, uh, and I just imagine Griff being like, "I'm Steven Stanton. That's all you need to know about me."
1: <laughs> but I will say, I'm I am gonna address my one beef of this episode, and it's the same beef I had the first time I ha- I watched this episode. At this point in the season, and I know, Chris, I already know your argument is, it's Donald Faison, he's the big name actor, of course they want to use them. I already know your counter argument. But, story-wise, at this point in the show, knowing it's the last season, knowing that the show is ending, we get to this episode, and it's another hype episode. It's another hype Faison episode. And by this point, point, I and I still feel this way, I want more of the other Aces, and I, we never get anything with Frey and Bo, ever. They never get any plot, story, or anything. And we get a little bit of Griff, and I remember seeing this episode for the first time, and I thought this would be a really interesting Griff episode, because I was thinking, like, you know, Empire ends, he's an ex-Imperial pilot, and being an ex-Imperial, what if he can't find a job anywhere because he's an ex-Imperial, so he's forced to race for a hut. And I thought that would be such an interesting story for him where he had to turn to crime, working for pretty much a crime lord, just to make a living and survive because no one will hire him as an ex-imperial. And I always thought that would be such a much more interesting story to have this be a Griff episode versus a hype episode because I love hype. I love hype Faison. But we've had, outside of Tora, he's the other most developed ace at this point and with only like seven episodes left the other three are just left behind, right. and it's well, I, I still yeah. I still have this gripe watching this episode that as much as I do love hype, I wanted this to be another Ace episode. Let this be that's, Bo's episode. Let this be Freya's episode. Let this be Grip's episode.
2: That's a problem with ensemble casts like this. It was like, like Star Trek. Star Trek was always like, there were a bunch of characters that people would like that were side characters that people would have liked more of and stuff but the main three characters sucked sucked up a lot of gas and in this one you know
1: i mean i know your counter argument they give voice
2: they got donald
1: face on yeah Yeah, he's the big actor of the show
2: (laughs) right he's expensive voice he's he's somebody that people recognize outside of voice actor names you know that that's the thing like us watching it we're just like Oh, you know, you, you recognize all the names from other shows you've watched, whereas most people who just sort of watch the but, but if they go, it's "Oh, like, the guy from Scrubs, oh, I know him, and they can see his face in their their head.
1: here's here's why that's a really good point because just to date this episode, today, and we were talking about it before we started recording, the Star Wars Visions trailer dropped today. And when they dropped the voice acting cast, um, oh, yeah. do you, they all the big news cycles picked up on, like, Lucy Liu and the Sioux, George Takai. Oh, they didn't mention like, yeah, they did not mention Christopher Sean is making his return to Star Wars. They didn't, know, mention,
3: they didn't mention my favorite one, which is we're getting more *Boba Fett* by Tamra Morrison. Oh no,
1: because that it, that is that is being mentioned. <laughs> like, yeah, sure okay, that is that. being mentioned because it's Tamra.
2: Because but, you, you know, know why they know that we'll we'll find it out anyway. We'll find that yeah. all. out. We'll dig all that stuff up on the internet, and that's part of the fun on it. But But Joe Joe Sixpack ain't going to pick that up. He goes, oh, Oh, I wonder if he'll say, oh, my, you know, and it's, you know.
1: So, but yeah, I mean, that's always been my my beef of this. And I know the answer is it's Donald Faison. He probably is contracted to have so many like episodes and stuff like and he is the big name voice actor. But like a certain amount
2: of screen time, probably a certain amount of lines and stuff. Yeah, they definitely do stuff like that.
1: Story and character wise, I wanted this to be another ace focus episode. I wanted this to be like Griff or Bo or Freya. Right. Because at this point in the show, I love hype, but I'm tired of hype. <laughs> I wanted somebody else.
3: Yeah. Um, so so hope. I'm sorry, I gotta make this joke. So yeah. hope, are you saying you weren't hyped for this episode?
1: I wasn't hype and hype for any of this hype stuff. <laughs> Not at all. No.
3: I and agree I- with you though. I I would have loved to see a Freya episode personally, because I think, you know, we don't get a lot of stuff beyond surface level for me with Freya. Um, And I feel like it would almost be offensive to get anything uh, more than surface level on Bo, because it's a Dave Filoni character, and I feel like that wouldn't be right yeah right. he,
2: like the point of him doing it is usually you're not going to recognize his voice or he's yeah. just going to be on the edges of it and that's the like chopper know, nobody knew who voiced yeah.
1: chopper until the final episode of rebels and right it was dave right, Filoni.
0: right right he stands it, in the
3: background he doesn't want, sound like dave Filoni, and then you look at his voice up in the credits yeah he's a later. human easter egg
1: mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he is a human <laughs> easter egg
1: but I, I just, I lo- always loved the idea of just Griff not being able to find work as an ex-Imperial and being forced to work for a hut. I always well, was very charmed by that idea.
2: Griff, um, Griff right on his surface, when you look at him, he's just like every, and then you find out the details about it, you know, the rough details about his character. He's instantly, to me, was one of the more, inter- like most, it was like, yeah. ooh, this guy's going to be fun, you know. He's going to be sort of the... um um zeb of the of this show you know you know he maybe he'll be the guy who tosses people around or the wrecker sort of character or something like that and he just never was developed at all beyond
1: even just the basics like he's an ex-imperial you know he flies a fucking tie fighter so when the first order shows up what does he think in season one? Like, he's the one I feel like has the most stakes in all this. Like, does he, does he sympathize with him? Does he, is he against them? Like, of course we yeah. know, like later, of course we know later on, like he left with Joza. He chose to defect with Doza. But like season one, like he was the leader of the red herrings of like, is he the actual spy? Because he's the tie fighter of the group. You know, like Griff was has always like, he's, he's one of my favorite aces. I think he's so fascinating, but he has so much potential that they never tapped into because I feel like he would, and we saw a little bit of that in the episode life fire where the aces are learning how to train together. And um, Freya said something along the lines of like, uh, Griff, I didn't realize that you cared so much about your fellow fighter pilots. I thought you were an Imperial and he goes, well, yeah, they didn't care. And that's why they lost the war. You know, it's it's lines like that that where Griff is so has so much potential to be a really fascinating character, and they just never used
3: him. I I agree with that. and I also like the idea of you know remember that scene from The Believer, the chapter of Mandalorian where uh, um, yeah. where uh, Boa Fett is flying Slave One, he sees Gideon's cruiser, and he signals down to Fennec, and he goes uh, something I forget the exact line, but Fennec, it's the Empire the Beck what if we got a moment like that from Griff where he sees you know not the Empire but like the like you know I've heard a lot of people calling the first order of the Empire too but like you know yeah they're the
1: alt-right so
3: and in an, an imperial-esque force like the one he abandoned and seeing you know the dead speak as the, the Crawford S. Skywalker said you know that seeing this this demon of his past that had haunted him is not really gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I Griff has so much potential to be such a fascinating character, and it, it's it, that is one of the frustrating things. Where like the reason why I want a season three of Resistance so bad because well, there's still so much potential to tap into, and now that he's tron- still
2: fascinating, it's just. He's undeveloped to, we as
1: fans have to do the legwork for it.
2: Though. He, yeah, yeah. He captures. he's definitely captures the imagination, but like you just don't get anything, but he's still fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> I just,
3: absolutely. I no, just, we need yeah. a resistance season three for so many different That's movies. what
2: I'm saying. If 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 this had been like run an arc of like, you know, four three or four seasons, it would have been no problem. We would probably would have gotten an, enough development on everybody and like, you know, I mean there was all this there's so many loose ends in this show that that had you know seeds of of st- further storyline potential and you know, the two little kids and yeah we indiana, lady india yeah. space indiana jones lady you know
3: by the yeah. way one of the many reasons one of the myriad of reasons we need a resistance season three is said, I never got to see Ray or Finn be animated in Resistance style, and I don't think that's okay.
1: I yeah, so so what's it, interesting? Do do you know the development time of Resistance and why it all played out the way it did?
3: I think I I think I read something that like that they were planning for more seasons, but they got the sh- canceled.
1: We I'll, I'll just give it because I've talked about this many times on the show before, so I'll just give a really think brief thing. Resistance was in production as early as Rebel Season 3, and it was being developed alongside Solo. And it was the first season was finished before The Last Jedi was complete, and they finished the series before Tross was written. And it's the first of the animated shows that was complete before their movies were complete, because Clone Wars came out after the prequel series. Prequels. Rebels, of course, came out after the original trilogy, and Bad Batch is now in this timeline between the prequels and the original trilogy, which is already defined. the is... Trilogies-
3: original trilogy-based show, so...
1: Yeah, so Resistance didn't have that luxury. And that's why I feel like a season three could be really right. fascinating, because now that the sequel trilogy is complete, they have a year to play with. They have Resistance...
2: stuff to work with, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: and Resistance... Some of
2: it not that good, but that, that that's actually kind of Filoni's specialty, but, too. But that's,
1: that's the thing, too, is that Resistance has a year to work with between the end of the show to trust. And we know that Tora and Kaz's ships were designed for trucks that they were scrapped out of yeah. trucks, but we know that there's designs for it. And I think it's the book remembering uh, our Oh, what's the book? It's the Poe Dameron book. Um, book. Free no, 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 the other one where they're gathering people they get this is that's it, thank you. Resistance Reborn is all about them gathering allies. So that could be a season three where they finally reconnect with Poe. They re- They meet Finn, they bring in Rey, they could have Rose. And it's them building their resistance and having the Colossus be an active part of that. And I think that they, there's so much there to be a really interesting season three now that the show's complete and they know the direction of it.
3: Absolutely. And, I, okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just say... Um, you know, I am. I would think also that R- R- resistance season three might make some people. And I hesitate to use the word fix because I think that's a little harsh on Rise of Skywalker, which is a movie that um, another hot take. I actually really adore. Um, oh, okay, cool. But uh, but I um, but I think you know the prequels weren't as well received, and I've heard a lot of people saying that. The Mandalorian could have a, a could could fix some elements of the sequels. Um, and I um, but I do think it would be interesting for Arista in season three to expand on some of the more befuddling aspects, not just from Rise of Skywalker, but from the sequel trilogy at large,
1: um, yeah. of
3: which, you know, there are many.
1: Can you can you imagine Ray meeting Kel and Ayla and Mika Gray and what that dynamic would look like?
3: Oh, well, yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, that, just
1: that would just be so it's something so special for the show.
2: All uh, they re, all, all I really think they have to work on for the for the sequel trilogy is I think um, may, maybe more of this. I would like to know more of the story, how the the first order started, fill that in, and basically fill in, you know, how Palpatine came back you know, the behind the scenes on Palpatine. And I think if they did that, that would be, that would satisfy me for like backstory in the sequel trilogies, you know, that that Filoni could, could fill in stuff with and make it very, you, he could have a lot of artistic license to, but w- if they're doing Resistance before the movies came out, they just had nothing to, yeah, they, they they couldn't do anything, you know, that wasn't completely safe as far as a larger story. So they were kind of screwed in that aspect, and, whereas and, whereas before they they've sort of had the stuff done before them so they could really like know their boundaries, it, feed in no, they knew their boundaries and they could also do stuff that that fills in spaces here and there without messing up the other movies. In fact, you know, adding to the storyline of it by filling in little gaps and stuff, and they couldn't do that with Resistance. They had to keep it all sort of contained in itself.
1: They had to separate it. That's why I constantly compare Resistance to a Star Wars novel. Um, because unlike the other ones that are functioning to change canon, this takes place in a pocket of the universe about a certain group of people who don't affect a canon at all. Just like almost all Star Wars novels.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for *High Republic*. Um, I, I don't count now, those. Those, those yeah. are that's that's a different class of novels. That's, but something, that's like, a di- that's a different something universe. like *Master*,
1: yeah, like something like *Master and Apprentice*, like with Obi Wan and Kylo. It's just an adventure on a planet, and then it doesn't change anything. Like, you know.
2: Well, um, Kaz gets some credit because he has he he did he did shoot a ship that was gonna get Poe at some point. Yeah. No, actually, never mind. Yeah, well, Poe was pretty much like fundamental in in in, in yeah, so anyway, in taking yeah. down the resistance. So yeah, so he's, yeah. If, he, if you save Poe's life, then you're fundamental in the the sequel universe.
1: Eli, you've been trying to say something. I, I keep hearing yeah. you
3: trying to... No, do. we're good. Uh, uh, I was just thinking, we don't even have to wait for Resistance Scene 3 um, up to figure out some of the mystery of how Palpatine came back. I'm sure you both saw the concept art that came out um, very recently about that final Bad Batch episode. Um,
2: nope. Oh, about- <laughs> no, I'm going to be looking that up right after Okay. Okay.
3: Um, so... In the episode guide for Camino um, Lost, there is a picture there there the, there's a picture of the assets they used for that final planet that Nalise is transported to. Here we go. I'm not sure if these names will mean anything to either of you, but it, but they it, but it's a facility on Mount Tantus on the uh, planet yeah, Wayland. I mean, you're talking to like the wrong people. Like we are not legends people. I'm not much either. I actually have read very few religion novels. It happened. It just so happens that the Thrawn trilogy was one of was one of them. I'm Basically, like two out
1: of three of those. and I fucking hate the Legends Thrawn. The Legends Thrawn trilogy is trash. I said it. Hot take. Ah, it's dated in the nineties and <laughs> except for Mara Gray, who is fantastic. Mara Gray, Mara Gray. See, I can't even get a fucking name right. <laughs> I will say that's...
3: this. I do like a lot in that trilogy. It doesn't feel like Star Wars sometimes. Mm-mm. Oh, that's um, Timothy
1: Zahn's writing, anyway. He's like, that's yeah. why I stopped
3: I, reading it. Yeah. I, I will say I adore Thrawn 2017.
1: That book oh, is. In, no, no, no! I easy. love the new Thrawn stuff. I love it. Like, oh, oh, Thrawn, Thrawn alliances is. Canonized crack fiction and it's one of my favorite Star Wars books ever written. I fucking love that book because it, it gives me my Commander Keemend, and it's a it's a comedy. It's a comedy book. It has actual Monty Python jokes with fucking Keemend and Rook. Like they do Monty Python bits. It is a comedy. I love that book.
3: <laughs> nobody credits treason with the genius that treason is. Treason is sh*tskit. Um, no
1: treason is trash. I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're
3: saying. <laughs> uh yeah, um about yeah, so um uh for those of you who aren't aware about what Wayland is, Wayland is where um the Emperor had a storing house where he was doing what? Cloning.
1: And I think they also the woman that gets novel say in the end is wearing the same uniform as Dr. Pershing. I did see that floating around yes, because I saw
3: that as well. So, R.Z.
1: from Space Waffles loves Dr. Pershing, so anything that's even closely related to that, um, she was, she will be like, Dr. Pershing, let's go!
2: On the radar, yeah.
3: Yeah, I I, I will say this. Um, Dr. Pershing, in my opinion, is the second um, uh, most fun Star Wars character name to say. Um, I, because doing anything in Werner Herzog's voice is just incredible. Dr. Pershing! Um my personal favorite is my, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, Ochi of Bestoon. Because um, when you hear him for the first time, it's Lando freaking Calrissian. It, we will tell by an old named Ochi Nor- of Bestoon. I am Best
1: I'm wondering why Ochi is, like, one of your favorite characters. Because I know that's your, like, Twitter handle.
3: I know. I, it, it's mostly because um, I um, I love the idea. Like, um, again, this is tying into a lot of my tross love. But... Uh, Tross answers a lot of things that I've been wondering about. Um, and Oshi was one of them. And I just started growing attached to this weird little Sith hunter with the shriveled face that, you know, um, that is is just sitting there in the background, a pile of bones. Um, because why not? And then he's coming to the Vader comic. And now he's basically Vader and Oshi are running a buddy cop together. Like, a buddy comedy together. And I'm like, this is great. This is all I've ever wanted from Ochi.
1: <laughs> I like that explanation, because I've been wondering for a while. And and don't get me wrong, I, I am, like, the queen of, like, loving, like, super minor characters. So I always, like, love hearing why people love my, like, I am the queen of, like, loving my grande boyfriend. I am, like, the number one stan of, of the Grand Inquisitor. Like I am his dan. Um, so I always love hearing why people love like certain minor characters and st- like what it is. so I, I love that, but
3: it's another one. I will mention this one quite often too. It's my like secondary one, which is the eye of the Webbish Bog because it's so weird and so random. and we're like, JJ, you could have done anything. You put the eye of the Webbish bog in this movie. Bravo, sir, Bravo. <laughs> you, you put you put like a giant spider creature in lava that acts as an oracle. What is this? <laughs> um. So to bring us back, cause I am looking
1: at the time. Yeah. Um. Did you guys have anything else for Act Three?
2: Um. I'm good.
3: <laughs> I, I'll just I'll just add this one final line. Um. I promise I will cheat next time. And they all look at him like, "I'll cheat better next time." And they all look at him like, "You're not serious." That,
2: that's when I would just go, "Can we all just agree next time we meet that we're all just gonna cheat and and yeah, and just, be done with it?" Just, just
1: pull, just rip the bandaid off.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Griff,
1: Griff will kill a man and then win. You'd <laughs> just be like, "Oh." You're dead. Hey, win. So, all right. So final thoughts on the episode. Um, Eli, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate this episode and why? And you're the guest. So if you want to rate it like a 15, that's fine, too, because
3: you're the guest. I would rate it probably a a 9.5 out of 10. It's one of my favorite. I used to think it was my favorite episode of Resistance. It's probably not. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch the series uh, pretty soon to find out which one is my favorite, but it's one of my five favorites because it's just so. Um, you know, I was thinking of um, something that Alex Siemens from Star Wars Explained uh, said on his channel a while ago that I really um, liked. That, like, even when it misses, I love when Star Wars swings for the fences. I love when Star Wars is weird. I love, and, and I, that's very true for me. I love when Star Wars. Does things that is outside of what we normally see, racing in an asteroid field. Who would I guess? Oh, I, yeah, no, that's what I, I, I was agree. sort
2: of hoping the new the Disney Star Wars would be. A lot of Star Wars that that covered places that we since they had it and they were going to do so much stuff. I was like, we're going to get a lot of different stuff, and uh, we've only, we've gotten some different stuff. But.
3: And, and that's what um I haven't done a lot of d- diving into the High Republic, but that's what I've heard a lot of the High Republic is.
1: Mm-hmm. What the
3: Chancellor has two lion guards?
1: Yep, yep, they're great. She's a she's a shady hoe.
3: I've been hearing <laughs> some untrustworthy <laughs> yeah. things about her. So yeah,
1: yeah, no, they they actually have super fascinating, really complicated politics where there are no bad guys. It's just politics, and that's hey. why. I- Really hey, I hope
2: I just had an idea when we do our when we when we finish up resistance and do our series wrap up, we should we should contact each of our guests that we've had on both seasons and and uh, ask them what their favorite episode is so we can read off our guest favorite episodes when we A get. A lot to of that.
1: them would probably be the ones they chose.
2: Right. They would be. But you never know.
3: Yeah. I don't yeah, think box Vortex is my favorite. It's one of them, though. It's high up there. I.
2: And also, people's like with favorite shows and stuff. Like I know with me, like it changes, like often. <laughs> or shows. So you know, somebody somebody who came to we have more people coming coming on the show in season two, but like somebody in season one might totally have changed their mind on an episode, or after what? after being on our show, just decided that they hated that episode. Now
1: we ruined it for them. Sorry, uh, yep. sorry for creating your Buggles Allie. That's listening. we see
2: you knew exactly who I was talking
1: about. <laughs> sorry, Allie.
2: We, we remember who's we remember when we crushed your soul, Allie. And we we, <laughs> we
1: love you very much. Kinda and regret we, it. You're still the reigning champion of our shows. Still reigning champion, though. I still need to send you a crown. Chris, what'd you think about this episode and what? What'd you rate it?
2: I liked it a lot. I gave it a nine, actually. Because but because it this is because Basically, this is what I was talking about. This is what I've been talking about the whole time. This is this is my ideal format for the show. In the context of the season, I could have. We just need Tam. We need to know what's going on with Tam. We need stuff forward momentum with Tam. But it just on it, uh, taken in in a vacuum, I I love this episode. This is this this would be like my prototype for 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 this whole show
1: so um I'm, in case you both noticed in the documents i did up my score a little bit just from our conversation um because you know as i'm thinking about it i my, my big gripe of this episode still stands i still feel like this should have been another ace focus episode that being said it's a great little episode. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fun. It's colorful. It's exciting. We get to see the aces fly. There's a lot of racing, like in a in a vacuum. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this episode. And as we were talking, like it, you know, there's there's a lot more going on than on the surface. Like it just could be like a little racing episode, but when you really think about like where they are, how they're sh- trying to struggle to survive and stuff, it's it's a really it's a lot deeper than it lets on, so I give it an 8 out of 10. I, th- I think this is a fantastic little episode, and I can now say this is not my least favorite episode of Resistance Excellent. anymore. I went into it with this being my least favorite, and it's not anymore. It's definitely still the Triple Dark and fucking Jace Ruckland's very fir- Feel for the Fire. Those two fucking episodes, I hate them.
2: Well, there's still a few more episodes <laughs> that you might change your mind on.
1: No, I the rest yeah. of the season's solid after this. <laughs> really?
3: Because I cause I, I, was think, I was thinking, no offense to anybody who likes this, but like I I just remember with Curse* being quite a stinker.
1: I don't know, we lost our damn minds next week. <laughs> yeah. Katz
2: yeah. yeah. Wasn't, we were losing people. our mind over the episode. I just had a like we'd had people- a hot. We'd had a hot streak around here, and I'd been working in like 90 degree weather, so my, I think my brain was a little baked by the time I came in. Yeah, like
1: I was coming off a super like hard week and everything. Yeah, we you, both so. had like.
2: I'd have, I've had a lot easier week between last week and this week. so I'm Yeah, yeah, box. we
1: both were just, like, tired, exhausted, and giggly, which led to us just being like, Kaz is cursed! <laughs> the Dildo Wars are coming!
3: I remember Jago and I recording an episode ahead of time for In a Galaxy, and these were the three Clone Wars episodes we were doing. Um, this came out a few weeks ago. It was Shadow Warrior, Nomad Droids, and Mercy Mission. Which are three of the worst episodes of-, of No,
1: no, they have sassy eye-rolling dr- of Wolf. Like, Wolf's eye-rolling sends me every <laughs> single time. And anyway. they have no Drive where R2 just goes on a murder spree. It's great. He just murders people. Actually, it's actually C-3PO because he just shoves R2 on top of tiny little bug people and destroys them.
3: And it's fantastic. <laughs> we we weren't huge fans of any of the three. Uh, and we were just sitting there and, and we're like, what are we watching?
1: You're and, watching uh, Wolf Sass and C-3PO murder and, people by, with Arzu.
3: And then I remember, R2-D2. I, and then I remembered, oh yeah, on bars next week. Okay, back to Doom and Gloom.
1: Mm-hmm. well as always we would love to hear your feedback on itunes twitters or on the two true freaks facebook page or on the two true freaks website um, this week we're not doing any feedback because we do have a guest and we're running a little bit long but you can leave us feedback and we'll be more than happy to read it on the show eli
3: thanks for joining us thanks for having me it's always a blast to do these sort of guest boss things i only this is only the second one i've done so far but i'm, I'm enjoying a lot of them excellent
1: so glad that we can have you well where can people find you
3: um you can find star wars in a galaxy um anywhere you listen to podcasts we hope uh if we're not there uh please let us know um but anchor apple podcast spotify any of those platforms you can follow us on twitter at in a galaxy pod you can follow my personal account on twitter at ogfan 327 uh, our instagram account is at star wars in a galaxy and i think i plugged everything
1: make sure you sign our graffiti wall I will Chris where
2: can people find you you can find me at 2truefreaks.com that's our website where we keep all our podcasts including this podcast Um, you can uh, check them all out there sign up for the RSS feed there on iTunes or you know wherever the, the shows have put their RSS feed up we are also on Facebook the rapidly degrading but not to the level of Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, where we have the Two True Freaks podcast, where we post up all our episodes in the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is just a hang hangout spot, man. And we are also on the accursed Twitter. The only the only place it would be more cursive if, is if we had a you know Reddit. like Reddit. Yes, exactly. Going <laughs> <laughs> 4chan. <laughs> there, there will be no oh, 2 freaks Reddit or 4chan, uh, but uh, yeah, we we're on Twitter and and luckily I don't run our Twitter feed. That is run by the brave brave Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. <laughs> That's right. I just found out for Gene and his family. Yeko. You, you want to talk about how healthy Gene is? I just found this out. This this has been true for like I think seven years. It was a, a Facebook. You know how they put you know here's a memory from seven years seven years ago, and it was Gene saying you know after five o'clock nobody in our family, you know we turn off all our devices and there's no internet you know from five o'clock on you know, and that's gonna be a new rule for a while and then and then he reposted he's like it's still going we're still doing that and I was like you know what that's pretty healthy Jean Jean the the healthy computer machine that didn't sound right that's okay. the healthy we computer can
1: wait till what we almost call Jean next week guys
2: oh jeez anyway <laughs> where can they find you Hope
1: <laughs> really Yeah. next week's a blast and I must say it's very cute Eli wrote on our we have a guest graffiti um, board at the very bottom of our google doc that I just copy and paste over every week so and our guests have been adding to it every time they showed up and Eli just wrote Ochi is love Ochi is life very on brand um, you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter accounts. You can also find me at Hope monex. I have my own website, which is called GeekyGirlExperience.com, and you can read all my reviews and stuff over there. I also do occasional work over for the Geeky Waffle as well. I've been writing Owl House over there, and I might I might write some other things. We'll see how it goes. And Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Mix Chris Watch Cartoons, where we are finishing up Gravity Falls and we're diving into Avatar Last Airbender. Bow, Bow Bow!
3: Yeah. I know a lot of people who will want to dive into Avatar with you guys.
1: He's watching you for the first time. He's never listened to. Yes. He's never watched Avatar before, so he's actually getting into it for the first time.
3: Yeah, so. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, send Jacob your way because he's a big. Uh, he just got into Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he's been telling me all about how great Avatar: The Last Airbender is. And I'm like, I gotta check this out.
2: You want to hear what so of the chat? Sat- you want to hear my sad avatar the air story is back in 2009 whatever the dragon con was that we met at hope at the at the at that same thing with george Kirstick there who was a, a clone wars writer and he had been taken from clone wars or he'd he'd come from avatar to clone wars and uh scott gardner my podcasting partner and I were talking to him and he was like, oh yeah, I used to work on Avatar The Last Airbender and we were just like, huh? (laughs) Okay, that's cool, I I never heard of it. And and I felt bad because I knew he was just like, I worked on Avatar The Last Airbender and was waiting for us to go like, oh my God! Which is actually the appropriate response. We should have been just like, ooh, wow, but... Yeah, <laughs> we, I I always feel bad that we had no idea. I feel bad because uh, it's just like now I know, you know. I, I had a, a an avatar writer right in front of me, and he was very friendly and like wanted to hang out and chat. <laughs> <And I laughs> had an opportunity.
1: I, I All we up. talked
2: about was Tron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Eli, thank you so much for being on the show, and you're welcome back anytime, honey.
3: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I really appreciate it. All
1: right, you guys. We'll come back next week. as We lose our fucking minds next week. Have fun with Kaz's cast. At least we Yay!
2: yeah. At least we can tell you it's it's, it's a show it's, next it's, week. It's,
1: it's, it's an episode. It's
3: an episode. So, bye. Dildo. Say bye. You yeah, Oh bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> Yay! That was fun. You too, listener. You too can go take a pee break. It's okay. Darth Buckles is watching you pee. That's for when you get back, Chris. Enjoy editing. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I'm to sneak by as fast as I could.
2: <laughs> I pee pretty fast, baby.